Hey guys, it's Simi and this is Brussling Unlimited as it's Friday, November 18th, 2022. And this is the Wrestling Wrap-Up. A handful of news brought to you in one easy-to-watch video. Of course, today's show does go. We've got a number of things to talk about. We got injuries to talk about. Logan Paul and his status. Kevin Owens and his status for Survivor Series. Wrestlers who could be coming back to the company or maybe teasing coming back to the company. Edge recently talked about retiring or at least plans for his retirement. What's going on with Jeff Hardy? Like, he was supposed to go to trial today, and now that got pushed back again. We got the whole story about that. Full gear, and so much more. You are watching live? Thank you. You're watching later? Thank you. Thank you guys for supporting the channel, because within the last week and a half, we passed on YouTube 173,000 subscribers. I don't know if I've mentioned it on a previous episode in the last week or not, but I want to say... Thank you, thank you, thank you. The growth has been slow recently over the last couple of years, unlike when we first started and we were shooting stars, but a lot of people's growth has slowed down over the last couple of years on YouTube. And I just want to say thank you for helping us hit another milestone as far as hitting another hump, another thousand, hundred and seventy-three thousand. Like, I, who, who would have thought? Who would have thought? We passed 100,000. We got the plaque and the certificate, or not the certificate, but the, the letter from YouTube that said, hey, you're doing well. And I'm like, geez, I never expected 100,000. Now we're at 173,000 subscribers. So again, thank you everybody that supports it, not just on YouTube, whether you're watching right here on Twitch, whether you follow us on Facebook, which we don't post much there, whether you follow us on Twitter, TikTok, Instagram, all of those different sources of media content. Con, what's the word I'm looking for? Consumption. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Because without you guys supporting the channel, watching the videos, and every, doing everything you do to help our name get out there, there would be no Pro Wrestling Unlimited. Because the more you guys watch, the more you guys share the videos, the more you guys like the videos. YouTube says, oh, these guys are doing something right. These guys are doing good. People like them. Let's push them out to others. Again, I just wanted to say thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Also, starting next month will be the voting for the end of the year PWU Un PW Unlimited Awards. We have a cool, I think, concept for a podcast slash show coming up in January. It's going to be fan voted awards. We will put the categories out first week of November or December. You guys will vote throughout the entirety of the month of December. And then in January, we, as in not just me, not just me and Luke, but others as well will reveal all of those nominees. Well, not nominees. I will do a video myself revealing all the nominees, but revealing the winners of your fan votes. You guys will again will be voting all through the month of December and then in early January, me, Luke, and possibly others will be coming together to reveal the winners of the PW Unlimited Year End Awards. We got Male Wrestler of the Year, Female Wrestler of the Year. I can read you all the categories. We're still working on exactly what categories we want for everything, but the preliminary wrap right now is Male Wrestler of the Year, Woman Wrestler of the Year, Tag Team of the Year, Rookie of the Year, Match of the Year, Feud of the Year, Best on Promos, Announcer of the Year, Major Show of the Year, and then maybe we add one or two other categories. We don't want, like, an abundance of categories where it's just like, well, isn't that the same as that, and what what's the difference between that and that? Because we see, and I'm not just talking in wrestling, but we see with, like, video games and all different types of media where they do their year-end awards, they have too many similar categories and I didn't I just I didn't want that but in the within the first week of December the voting will go up you guys will be getting links on YouTube you guys will be getting links on Twitter Patreon Instagram everywhere we can post the link we're going to post the link it'll send you guys to a Google form and you'll vote on who you think is best male wrestler best female wrestler best tag team rookie of the year and so much more I will also be putting out a video like I said to announce all of this, so it should be really, really cool. But if you are watching right now, let's get into the shit. I don't know why I said that word. I don't know why I said shit. It just popped out. I don't know. Thank you for watching. If you're watching live on Twitch, remember if you're watching on Twitch, you can help us out a couple of different ways. You can help us out by hitting that donate down below. 
donate button or by hitting donating Twitch bits in the live chat. Remember, if you are watching on Twitch, you can help us out also a couple of different ways by subscribing to the channel. You can subscribe either with a tiered subscription or with Amazon Prime. Because remember, if you have Amazon Prime, then you have Prime Gaming. Prime Gaming gives you a lot of cool things like free games, free stuff for games, and it always gives you one free subscription to any Twitch channel you want to subscribe to throughout the month. And I'd greatly appreciate it if you did right here, Pro Wrestling Unlimited. Remember, if you're watching on YouTube, you can help us out over there by becoming a channel member, hitting that join button. As a channel member, you get early access to news, early access to podcast episodes, early access to non-news videos, and so much more. Also remember to head over to the Epic Game Store. Head over to the Epic Game Store and buy something. Whether you're getting Elden Ring, whether you're getting Sifu, whether you're getting Spider-Man that was originally only on PS4. Also, I want to double check something. I think Miles Morales came out today. If you haven't played that game, either of these games, Spider-Man 2018, Spider-Man Miles Morales, they're both now on PC. Go play them. Go play them. And when you purchase them, use our code right here, PWUnlimited. Use code PWUnlimited at checkout for all Epic Games and Epic Game Store purchases. Whether it's a new game, an old game, a free game where you're getting bucks for Rocket League, Fortnite, Fall Guys, Rumbleverse, or... I know I'm missing one. Fortnite, Fall Guys, Rumbleverse, Rocket League. No, I guess that's it. Fortnite, Fall Guys, Rumbleverse, Rocket League. Why do I feel like I'm missing one, but I'm not? I guess I'm not. I always think there's five for some reason. Use our code PWUnlimited at checkout, and you will be directly supporting us. Yes, Spider-Man Miles Morales is out. It is on the Epic Game Store. Like I said, head over to the Epic Game Store and buy this game. Buy this game and then use our code. Spider-Man Miles Morales is amazing. Spider-Man Miles Morales is one of my all-time favorite games. Buy this game. And then when you do, use the code PWUnlimited at checkout. You ask me, are you going to buy it on PC and use your code? No. Add it on PS5. I have it on PS5. I've played it three times. Already from start to finish, the game is amazing. It's not as long as the regular Marvel Spider-Man game, but it's just as good. It's just as good. So if you have not played that, and if you haven't played Marvel Spider-Man for 2018, that's on the Epic Game Store as well. But as far as the news does go, let's jump into our first news story of the day. Talk about Logan Paul, his injuries. I've been a little skeptical. And it seems like they're not as bad as we once thought. Now, I come on here and said this before. Logan Paul said he tore his ACL. Well, he tore his ACL and meniscus, possibly the MCL. I've torn my my meniscus before. When I tore my meniscus, I didn't know I was hurt for about two or three days. And you've probably heard me tell the story again, but for people that haven't heard it yet, I'm going to say it. What happened was I was skateboarding and... Where I lived, there's mountains upon mountains upon mountains. So our driveway was maybe this steep. The driveway comes down, and then it spreads into a big concrete slab. Like it was concrete driveway from the street all the way down, like down, down, like steep. You can get some speed. And then big concrete slab. You could fit three, depending on the cars, four cars in the driveway. And so when everybody would be gone, parents-wise, and there was maybe just, like, one car off to the side of the driveway, we had this whole area where it was almost the size of, like, a basketball half court. So we had the basketball court set up, and then we'd also skateboard on the driveway. Yet the driveway only went out a certain distance before it was just dirt. And so me being, what, 15? We're doing tricks and stuff, and I'm not good on a skateboard. I'm landing one out of every 70... 17, 20 hits, you know, trying to kick flips, trying to learn and stuff. And so we're going and I, I go a little too far one time where I'm like, oh, I'm going to try it anyways off the side of the driveway. Maybe like eh, that high, the little, little, little concrete to dirt, concrete up here, dirt down here. And so I go, I try to do the kick flip. Doesn't happen. Board flies out from under me. My body then twists. Keep in mind, I didn't get far off this concrete. My body then twists 180. My knee goes boom right on the concrete, and I keep on skating. 
we keep on going. We we go jump our bikes off of little homemade ramps with scrap wood and whatnot. We're racing our skateboards down the hill like luges. What we also used to do is we would get our skateboards. We would lay down on them. My parents hated this because we ruined our shoes. We would lay down on them two by two. And one person would just yell, go. And we'd shoot down the driveway. Keep in mind, this is a steep, steep driveway. And then whoever got to the bottom first was the winner. And then you just stuck your feet down to try and stop. We ruined shoes so bad. So we kept doing all that stuff, doing all that stuff, doing all that stuff. Two, three days later, it's the end of the day. We're done playing. Going to put our bikes away. I lift my bike up because we hung them up in the garage. My knee just gives out. And I'm just like, I start screaming. I'm in just excruciating pain. I can't stand up. And my parents are like, what, what the hell happened? I'm like, I don't know. They're like, what's wrong? I'm like, I can't put any weight on my left leg. Keep in mind, we lived up in the mountains in the boonies. There are no doctor's office around there. So my mom threw me in the car, drove 45 minutes into town to the doctor. They look at my knee or my whole leg and they're like, it's a knee issue. Your knee. I'm like, okay. They then say, we need to do an MRI. They do the MRI. They said, yep, you've torn your meniscus, but it might not be that bad. It might not be bad enough for surgery, but it's close. And my, my mom was like, okay, so what, what are we going to do? And they're like, well, we can do one of two things. Either he's just on bed rest where he can't do nothing. Don't bend the knee. Don't move the leg. Don't nothing for weeks. Or we could put his leg in a cast, which is the better option. And he could still be mobile and do things on crutches and whatnot. I was like, cast him up. So I had a cast. I had a cast. Keep in mind. From here up on my thigh, all the way down here on my toes. That long. I had a cast. Great weeks. Try to go to school. Again, lived in the mountains. Schools are just... Classrooms on different hills. Couldn't do that with the crutches. No. Always late to class. Fell a couple of times. Whatnot. So, long, drawn-out story. Didn't need to be that long. <clears throat> what they told me was, if you don't want surgery, we're going to cast it up so you don't bend the knee. Because you want to keep this knee as stiff and as straight as possible for six to eight weeks. They ended up keeping it for eight weeks. And then it should heal itself. So if Logan Paul injured and tore his meniscus, there's no way I'm seeing these Instagram videos and Snapchat videos from him and his buddies of him standing, sitting with the leg bent. The leg bent. There's a video one of his buddies posted. It said date night. And it's his buddy and his girlfriend. Logan and his girlfriend. They're at a freaking pottery class. Logan's just standing there, sitting there normal with his legs bent like nothing. Laughing, ha ha ha, whatever. I'm like, okay, he might be hurt, but he's not hurt that bad. Because if it was a torn meniscus, they would not have him have that leg bent. That leg would not be bent. That knee would not be mobile as far as moving that leg around. Your leg your leg is stiff as a board. So that knee doesn't bend, and the hope is, which luckily I got lucky, the meniscus reattaches itself. My tear basically reattached itself. But if Logan's out here just sitting with the leg bent, what the hell? We've also seen videos of him doing rehab where they're bending his leg. He's on his stomach, and they're bending his leg right at the knee, and I'm like, this guy did not tear his meniscus. And if he did, it's like the slightest of slight tears. And Dave Meltzer does have an update after all of that long drawn out. Dave Meltzer does have an update. We're getting to the story on Logan Paul and his injury. As it states, an update has emerged regarding Logan Paul and his status for WrestleMania 39 following injuries suffered at WWE Crown Jewel. Paul initially said after his match with Roman Reigns, on November 5th, that it was a torn meniscus, torn MCL, and potentially torn ACL. However, according to Dave Meltzer, in today's November 18th Wrestling Observer Newsletter, Meltzer states that Paul's injuries may not be as bad as initially feared, as Meltzer wrote the following. Regarding his injuries, there were not as bad as feared. 
He suffered a torn MCL and a torn meniscus doing the splash off the top rope through the table in the match with Reigns, but did not suffer an ACL tear. So that's good. It's believed he is avoiding surgery and doing rehab. So his recovery team would give him plenty of time to get ready for WrestleMania. Now again, if it's any type of torn meniscus, I was told when I tore mine, any type, don't bend that leg. Bending it is just going to do more damage. Keep it as straight as you can. That's why I left that day with a huge-ass blue cast on my leg. And I was told, don't put weight on it or as little weight as possible. Use these crutches. See you back in six weeks. After six weeks, they said we want to give you two more weeks. It was eight weeks in total. But yeah. Uh, Logan doesn't need surgery. That's good. That's good. I don't know MCL. Never had my MCL torn, but I can relate with the with the meniscus thing. And it's like, it's got to be not bad at all. Like it's, I'm not saying he's not hurt, but it's got to be a very minimal injury that he's able to bend that leg already. Because that pottery video that I was telling you about, the date night thing, that was the week after. A week after. Less than a week after. Now, the injury may have been bad enough to where he knew he was hurt that same night. Because like I said, when I tore mine, doing the kick, I tried to do a kick flip off of concrete into the dirt. The board flew out from under me. I didn't go anywhere, but push, crashed right down. I didn't know for like two or three days that I was hurt. Because I didn't feel anything. Nothing there. But once my leg and my knee gave out, it gave out and it was bad. But regardless, hopefully Logan Paul is good to go for WrestleMania. I mean, heck. Hopefully he's good to go for Rumble. I'd love to see Logan Paul show up in the Royal Rumble, eliminate some fools, and figure some stuff out for Mania. But as of right now, he does not need surgery, which is good. We'll see where it all does lead to leading up to WrestleMania. But speaking of another WWE superstar who was injured and possibly could miss an upcoming show, that's Kevin Owens. Now, Kevin Owens, as we've learned over the last couple of days and kind of knew for where everything was going, is and was slated for um, slated for Survivor Series to be in the War Games match. Now, that's all kind of up on the table because Owens is hurt. Last weekend at a live event, Kevin Owens did suffer, suffer a sprained MCL, but it is said that it is not supposed to be like that bad of an injury. According to Dave Meltzer, the latest Wrestling Observer newsletter, and he also stated this on Wrestling Observer Radio, Owens has already been rehabbing the injury this past week at the WWE Performance Center with the hopes that he possibly could still work war games as his name is still, and we learned this from Mike Johnson of PW Insider earlier this week, his name is still listed as the fifth member of the Babyface team in the men's war games match. Again, PW Insider reported on November 17th yesterday that Owens is still scheduled for War Games and is also scheduled for tonight's SmackDown. Um, Brian Alvarez also noted on Wrestling Observer Live that it now looks like Kevin Owens will also or will be doing the match despite the injury. So we've got three different people saying it. We've got Brian Alvarez, we've got Mike Johnson, we've got Dave Meltzer all saying that they're hearing that the injury is not bad enough to keep Owens out of this match. And here's the, the good thing about it being War Games and not like a world title match or something. Owens can be kept super limited and super safe. Owens comes in, does a couple spots that they feel safe with him doing, and then he can just kind of lay there for most of the rest of the match and do very, very, very minimal types of things. So if Owens is in this match and I, and, and, and they don't think he's 100%, but think he's fine enough to do the match, I don't see him starting. I don't see him being in there for the first five minutes or whatever it is. But yeah. Owens is expected to work Survivor Series despite the injury, and we'll see where this all does go. That's awesome news because, as Luke and I have tried to figure out for the last week now, there's nobody else that really fits in for this match. Like, who else can you put in that spot? Braun Strowman? Ricochet? Who? Mustafa Ali? Nobody else really fits the final babyface spot in War Games. 
So with war games coming up and Survivor Series, you would think, okay, get into a major pay-per-view after that, things could be a happening, and that could be a happening for a few people who could be returning to WWE. First story we do have here has to do with Jonah, the former Bronson Reed. According to Dave Meltzer on the latest Wrestling Observer Radio, Meltzer did state that Bronson Reed has actually been offered a contract to return to WWE, but the decision is not all that easy. Reed, who is currently within New Japan Pro Wrestling, has been pushed very well there, like tremendously good with New Japan. Like New Japan has used Bronson Reed so well that it's it's a hard decision. It's like he was pushed very good by Triple H and NXT, former North American champion, and then they gave him a look on the main roster, and for some for some odd reason, Vince goes, nope. And because I'm never going to use him on the main roster, release him. Let him go. Why have him sit in NXT forever if we're not going to bring him up? He then went and did some stuff for Impact. He went and did some indies, but he eventually landed in New Japan where he's been used tremendously. I mean, he beat Okada earlier this year. He beat Okada. When you're, got, when you're beating Okada in big profile matches, you know this company really likes you. You know New Japan really wants you and wants you in a big role. So now that's the big dilemma for Jonah. Do I stay with New Japan where I know I'm going to be used as a top guy? Maybe not top, top right now going for the belt maybe one day but at least like a well if Jay White's here with the belt and right under him is like Okada Tanahashi Jonah's right under that like challengers next like give it a year he could be a challenger for the world title or do you go to WWE and go well Paul Levesque used me very well in NXT pushed me Tremendously quickly. There is the chance that he uses me like that on WWE's main roster. Let's do it. It's like, but the whole thing is you see your trajectory and where you're going currently in New Japan, as far as Jonah does go. And then he can assume where he could go within WWE. What Triple H and, and the crew may tell him when the offer was made, this is what we want to do with you. But does it actually all pan out in the end. I don't know. So he has a very, very big decision right now. Stay with New Japan or go over to WWE. Go back to the company that he said was always his dream to be in. When he won the North American title, he's like, I've always wanted to be here. Winning championships here. So it'll be, a, it'll be an interesting one to see if he actually does go or not. But another one that basically is said to be a done deal is Chelsea Green. Dave Meltzer also revealed on the same episode of Wrestling Observer Radio that people within the company think it's, quote, a done deal that Chelsea Green will return to WWE. Now, Chelsea Green, since leaving WWE, has be, you know, become a big star in professional wrestling, working just everywhere. She worked the NWA. She worked Ring of Honor. She worked Impact Wrestling, a bunch of indies, and she's become one of the most popular females outside of WWE, and she's never shied away from saying, if they want me back, I'll go back. And they want her back. She wants to go back. They want her back. But it's like, okay, she would fit in in WWE very well. But how well would they use her? Because remember, you go, you go, well, Triple H is in charge now. But remember, when she was in NXT, she sat out a year with Triple H not using her and booking her. Like there was a whole year where she was good to go and just working house shows, not on TV. So it's like, yes, they could use her very well. Triple H could have some ideas and do some good things with her on the main roster. But we have to be a little skeptical of that for the sole fact that Triple H didn't use her that well in NXT. So where's the super faith that he would use her that well on the main roster? Remember, she's only had one... Mm, couple televised main roster matches one as an official call-up when she came to smackdown and then got hurt she's done some main event matches i think she worked charlotte flair on a raw one time or maybe that was oscar on a raw one time but regardless 
I would love to see Chelsea Green go back to WWE and see what they can actually do with her. But it's the fact of Triple H didn't do anything with her in NXT. So why are we going to be like, oh my God, Triple H is in charge. Chelsea, go to WWE. Triple H uses so well. Why are we, why is there people online, you know, championing that when there's already kind of a track record of, he didn't know what to do with her in NXT. He threw her with Robert Stone and then Vince was like, ha, I like that girl. Let's bring her up. Kind of the same thing with Deanna Perrazzo. He had Deanna Perrazzo and didn't do dick all with her either. So, yeah. But speaking of Chelsea Green, people think if Chelsea returns to WWE, her husband Matt Cardona could also return to WWE. And Cardona has been teasing that a lot with his latest tease, stating that he needs one more title from WWE. Pull the tweet up right here. On the screen, as Matt Cardona did tweet out the following. Just one more. Picture of him, tag titles. Picture of him, U.S. title. Picture of him, Intercontinental title. Again, another picture of him, tag titles. And he says, just one more. Well, what's that just one more? A world title. Matt Cardona still needs a world title in WWE, and then he's kind of got all the major championships he needs. WWE released the former Zack Ryder in 2020, ending his lengthy run with the company. He had to work there since he signed a developmental contract back in 2006. His memorable, his memorable rise to stardom in 2011 as his, quote, Z true, uh, true Long Island Story YouTube show elevated him to new heights of popularity, has won, uh, has seen him now win the United States Championship, Intercontinental Championship, tag titles, and more. However, this time in the spotlight ultimately didn't last. His time in the spotlight ultimately didn't last long, though he had a few surges of you know pushes in WWE. They were always just surges, and then the reins were pulled right back. Following his release from WWE, though, he's made a big name for himself outside the company. Cardona reinvented himself and became a super buzzworthy star outside of WWE, working in major companies like GCW, Impact Wrestling, All Elite Wrestling, and more. He has won major championships in both the GCW and the NWA. He also was Impact's digital media champion, among winning other accolades in his post-WWE journey. Given his successful run, fans have speculated that maybe he could return to WWE. Given the news that his wife is basically heading back to WWE, they think that he could be following her there as well. And today, sent out that tweet stating he only needs one more. Just one more. Just one more title for Matt Cardona. So it'll be interesting to see what his decision is, especially once Chelsea arrives. Because like Meltzer stated, it's a done deal. At least many believe it's a done deal for Chelsea to return to WWE. Now, I'm not saying, oh, if Chelsea returns, he has to return. He doesn't. He doesn't. Because there's a lot of people that their husband's over here, but their wife's over here, or vice versa, and they don't feel like they got to always be together. I mean, look how long... Well, can't use that example. I was to say John Morrison and Taya, but that was just because she was waiting to get out of her contract. As soon as she was out of her impact contract, she left. But regardless, Cardona is teasing hard two different things. This, just one more tease. We'll throw that back up on the screen. But he's also teasing hard that I don't want to go back there. I don't need to go back there. What do I need to do there? You know, he's teased that very hard since the Chelsea rumors came out of her going back. And then he started getting asked, are you going back to WWE? Would you go back to WWE? Would you like to go? Do you want to this, that? And he just keeps saying, why? What do I need to do there? What do I need to prove there? Now he's got this tweet. This is just one more. Maybe it's inevitable. The old Matt Cardona, the former Zack Ryder, also returns to WWE. We don't have any info on if he would or if he wants to. But I think he's been teasing so hard on the side of, yeah, I don't need to go back. That he may end up going back, and him and him and Chelsea as a group, as like a, a, a not a group but a duo together would be phenomenal. I think they can be what WWE originally wanted Maria and Mike Bennett to be. 
that couple is going to come in, take the company by storm, and just try to, you know, be the next big power couple of the company. Never really worked out with Mike Bennett and Maria because they had all their different issues. You know, it wasn't just a, oh, they're not good enough thing. There, there's a lot of personal stuff that went down during that time, 2017, with both Maria and Mike. Mike ended up going to rehab. Maria got pregnant, and then they were both out. And this and that. And so what they wanted Mike and Maria to be disruptors, they can be. And I think they can be even better than Mike and Maria ever could have if they didn't have any of their issues that hampered them. So we'll see where that leads to. If Matt Cardona does return to WWE, I would love it. I've always been a Matt Cardona, Zack Ryder fan. I always thought he was greatly underutilized in WWE. I have criticized him on the indies of being a little too much of, eh, I was the I was the WWE poster child before. Now I got to be extra not WWE and do everything opposite of WWE. I criticized that because it got a little annoying early on in his run, but then he dialed that back just a little bit. And now it's like, oh, this is exactly where he needs to be, in my opinion. Because I thought early on he did the whole, I'm anti-WWE. Now I'm the opposite of what a WWE superstar needs to be just to show that he can do it. And he did, and then he kind of dialed it back and kind of found that happy medium. Now, we talked about Cardona came into WWE 2006 and developmental. Not long after that, he ended up becoming an edge head and was placed with edge, and we all know where that all led to. But edge recently talked about retirement when he was asked about any plans he has for his retirement as edge stated the following. While speaking with the Nation and Network, Edge was asked about why he made the announcement to the Toronto crowd and his goal for his career as far as maybe ending it the next year to come back to Toronto. Uh, Edge stated, quote, that's the key. The first time I was told, quote, you got to hang it up. That's it. You're done. It was WrestleMania, a retired world champ. And that sounds Cinderella but I just didn't know that made it hard to chew on all those years, but I had an, I had to accept it and move on with what life is now. If I got to start an amazing, I got to start an amazing, beautiful family and the acting thing started to kind of take off a little, a little, but when I had the chance to go back, the first thing I thought is I want to retire in Toronto. Because again, I know the window is not open for long. But if I can do that, I think then I'll be able to do to go right. I'm good. That was the last thing to kind of check off. I didn't come back to win four more championships or anything like that. I just really came back to have fun. Try and help try and help teach a new generation of talent that I never got my hands on before. I always say, I call us storytellers. I always intended to come back and tell hell of a story for three or four years and then right off into the sunset. So basically, he's like, yeah, I wanted to do three or four years and then retire in Toronto. That's the big goal of his, retire in Toronto. And if you guys haven't seen the video, we do have it up on our channel, PW Unlimited the PW Unlimited YouTube channel of him afterwards going, it's great to be back here in Toronto. When we come back next year, this might be my final. Might be my, that might be my goodbye. That is my goal. So yeah, he wants to retire in Toronto. He's not shying away from that as he said it multiple times now. And I assume like right now he's not dealing with an injury, but he is filming a TV show. That's why he is out. Maybe he returns for the Rumble and then builds up to whatever he's going to do at WrestleMania. But remember, Edge has been cast as a reoccurring character on the upcoming Disney Plus series, Percy Jackson and the Olympians. So, Edge has got a year left, maybe. Whenever they go back to Toronto, I don't know when their next Toronto show is, but he wants whatever his last show to be, to be in Toronto, where he can give his... I guess you could say hometown crowd, that big send-off match or moment, whatever you want to call it. 
Now, speaking of Edge, somebody that he's very closely linked to within his career of professional wrestling is Jeff Hardy. And we have some updates from PW Insider regarding Jeff Hardy's legal issues that we thought could have really took a good turn today, yet they didn't. Because Jeff Hardy's trial been postponed again. They're going to read this. It might be a little bit of a long one, but we're going to read this right up from Mike Johnson over at PW Insider as Johnson states the following. Hardy scheduled pre-trial hearing for his DUI-related charges in Florida yesterday did not take place as scheduled. His defense filed for a continuation with the pre-trial hearing now scheduled for Wednesday, December 21st. Tested on court records. Hardy is required to appear before the court for the hearing. Hardy filed a written plea for not guilty with the court on uh, June 28th. Hardy's attorneys waived his rights to a speedy trial and requested a hearing originally set for the past for this past July. That was then pushed back 60 days to assist his defense. Hardy's then scheduled hearing last October was then again pushed back following a last minute motion from the attorney, his attorney, that noted Hardy's attorneys, quote, recently provided extensive mitigation materials to count to the council for the state. And that, quote, the parties required additional time to negotiate a potential pre-trial resolution. So it would appear that the two sides are working on a plea agreement that would prevent everything going to actual trial. Hardy, 44 years old, was arrested on June 28th at 9.55 a.m. and charged with driving under and charged with driving under the influence, alcohol, or drugs. His third offense within 10 years, driving while license canceled slash suspended slash revoked and violation of restrictions placed on driver's license. The primary charge is a felony under Florida law, punishable of up to five years imprisonment should Hardy be convicted. The others would fall under misdemeanors. If Hardy had, previous, uh, had been previously arrested for a previous DUI-related offense back in March of 2018 and October of 2019 in North Carolina. So those would be the previous two that now leads us to a third time in the decade. In July 2019, Hardy was arrested in South Carolina for public intoxication and impairment. Uh, the FHP tried to, uh, as far as the current you know, arrest and all that does go. The Florida Highway Patrol tried to pull over Hardy, who initially did not respond, but finally did pull over. When troopers approached Hardy, he was reaching into his backpack and was told to remove his hands from said bag. Quote, they stated, I issued loud verbal commands commands for the driver to take his hands out of the bag to which he did not respond. Trooper Zach Steiner wrote in his report. I proceeded to slap the passenger window to gain his attention, which was also unsuccessful. The driver appeared to be in a stupor and confused. Hardy had issues placing the car in park, rolling it forward. He then slammed on the brakes and finally put the car in park. Now, if you see the video of when they first start rolling and when they finally get him pulled over, oh my God, is it bad. He's just all over the road. Like, it's... Bad. So at the uh, at the time of the arrest, Hardy was in Fl Florida for a signing for promoter Jason Blauston at an Orlando Dave and Buster's location that night. Before that, saw uh, before the night before Hardy was arrested. So yeah, pushed back again to December twenty first. Not much more to say other than oofa, 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 oofa. Because I ever I. Believe Tony Khan stated that until this is all settled, he will remain suspended. Speaking of suspensions in AEW, one person that wasn't suspended, even though his name was within a lot of controversy to others that were suspended, that's Colt Cabana. And a new report states that Colt Cabana, quote, only made things worse between CM Punk and AEW. Well, it was described as a morale booster to the locker room at the time. It seems the decision to bring Cole Cabana back when he faced Chris Jericho, well, was not the right call, which was said to be a Tony Khan call and has made things worse between AEW and CM Punk. According to Dave Meltzer on the latest Wrestling Observer, in the rest, latest Wrestling Observer newsletter, he stated, quote, Cole Cabana wrestled Chris Jericho only 
to make things worse as far as issues with the two sides. The Observer also says that Punk remains adamant that he wasn't behind Cabana's prior absence, but says the quote, a lot of talent in AEW believe differently, and it's something that's openly been talked about. As of last word, Punk and AEW were still in talks of a buyout of his contract, but a major hang-up would be the non-compete clause as far as how long Punk would not be able to work, at least wrestling-related stuff, with the release. It doesn't seem that there has been any major moves as far as Punk's status, as he's still officially under contract with the company and his merch is still being sold. There's been unconfirmed speculation of Punk going to WWE. Otherwise, why would the no-compete need to be there, especially with WrestleMania season coming up? The obvious connection has been WWE being in talks with Steve Austin for a return. Talks, which this time, are confirmed to be happening. And the potential of finally doing that Austin Punk dream match would be huge. So with that, it seems like Tony Khan brought back Colt Cabana to say, hey, we're bringing back Colt to tell you guys the Punk is gone. But it also maybe pissed off CM Punk's side to the fact of, oh, that was a shot in our face, wasn't it? And there's still that hang-up of the non-compete if Punk does get his, his buyout. It's not just a release, a buyout of his contract. There's going to be something on AEW side where we go, okay, we'll pay you however much you're making for however much is left on your contract. So say... For instance, if he signed a five-year deal, maybe at $8 million a year, eight times four, because he really only worked one year of that deal, that would be, I'm not good with math, $32 million or something. Because the word is that Punk's going to get a hefty, hefty, hefty chunk of change with this buyout. But then the whole thing is we pay you all of this, but then we have all of this that we want as far as non-compete. So, still nothing new on that front. But Punk side feels like they were kind of disrespected, is how I'm taking this, with the Colt Cabana thing. Another wrestler that's been out for a while, that's not suspended or leaving, but is hurt, is Thunder Rosa. We recently talked about how Thunder Rosa stated in an interview that she could finally jog for about five minutes at a time for the first time in three months. And now there's more news on her and her status as the women's champion. Tony Khan has addressed the AEW interim women's championship situation. The AEW president appeared on Barstool Wrestling and spoke about possibly removing the interim tag from Tony Storm's title, stating, The champion, Thunder Rosa, has been out injured, so we'll see. I've wanted to give Thunder Rosa every opportunity to come back and defend the championship. She's been out a while, so we'll have to see. It's a different, a difficult choice, but I do think the interim champion's been out there, and the interim champion is Tony Storm, who is one of the biggest free agent signings we've ever had. Tony Storm comes in, and she's gone out every week and had great matches on almost every television show we do. Khan would also talk about the match between Storm and Jamie Hayter at the pay-per-view stating, you have this free agent, this big star in Tony Storm, who came in with a great reputation and a lot of TV experience and millions of people knew who she was when she arrived versus Jamie Hayter, who's really risen to a worldwide prominence on AEW television. They've both become real key figures in AEW it's going to be great to have this match, the Interim Women's World Championship. But certainly, whoever wins is truly a world champion. So, he wants to take the Interim title and just make that the real Women's Championship. Because who knows when Thunder Rosa is coming back. But why won't he do it is the question. Does he not want to upset Thunder Rosa? Does he not want to piss off Thunder Rosa or something? Like, just do it. Just and I get it. Whatever he does here will set a precedence. Thunder Rosa's been gone for three, see, September, October, November, December, almost three months. So that would set a precedence of when you get hurt as a champion, you can leave, go heal and come back. We'll crown an interim champion. 
But if he then says, mm, she's been out for a while, whoever wins on Sunday is the true world champion, that then sets a precedence of three months or so, and you're stripped. He's in a hard place. I get it. But just do it. The interim title stuff is stupid anyways. And you could always do, well, she's not the champ, but as soon as she's ready to come back, she can confront and challenge the champ. because She's the uncrowned champion. They can do that kind of bullshit, the uncrowned champion. But eventually you do have to take that interim. Because if she's stating in interviews that now after three months, she can jog for five minutes or so, she ain't coming back anytime soon at all. It's going to be probably five, six months before she comes back. And so you're going to have an interim champion for this is hypothetically six months, if not longer. And then what for that person just to beat Thunder Rosa anyways, they were going to, the plan was to take the title off of her in the first place at, at all out. Tony storm was always going to beat her for the belt. So it's like, Come on, guy. Just do it. I know it's going to set a precedence. So when somebody else gets hurt as the champion and they have to walk away with the belt, then the fans are going to go, oh, it's been three months. Remember what they did with Thunder Rosa? So we'll see where that all leads to. But he does want to take the title, not off of Thunder Rosa, but he doesn't want to keep calling Tony Storm and maybe Jamie Hayter if she beats her at the pay-per-view, the interim champion. That's the big dilemma. I don't want to strip Thunderosa, but I don't want to keep saying interim, interim champion. Speaking of that pay-per-view this weekend, that's full gear. So far, I want to say 11 matches have been announced for the show. We got the betting odds. One night out or one day out from tomorrow's show. We have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten matches announced officially. Actually, it is 11. One match is on the buy-in, but we don't know exactly who's in that match. It's Brian Cage against either Lance Archer and um, Ricky Starks, who are facing tonight on Rampage. But as far as the matches, we do know. Let's run them all down and give you the final. Well, not final, because things can change at coming out of Rampage tonight. But give you what could be the final betting odds, just less than or just about 24 hours out from the show. First off, in a cage match. We do know that Jungle Boy, Jungle Boy Jack Perry, as they now call him, will be taking on Luchasaurus. Currently, Jungle Boy is favored at a minus 500 to defeat Luchasaurus at a plus 333. In tag team action, it's Darby Allen and Sting taking on Jay Lethal and Jeff Jarrett. Darby and Sting are favored at a minus 250 to defeat Lethal and Jarrett at a plus 175. In her first match in almost five years, it's Soraya against Britt Baker. Soraya is favored at a minus 700 to defeat Britt Baker at a plus 400. With a TBS championship on the line in our first of one, two, three, four, five, six, seven title matches, it's Jade Cargill defending against Nyla Rose. And I, I refuse to say that they're both the champion. It's the champion Jade Cargill defending against Nyla Rose. And Jade is a tremendous favorite at a minus 1,600 to win and retain over Nyla Rose at a plus 700. In a triple threat match for the TNT Championship, it's Wardlow defending against both Samoa Joe and Powerhouse Hobbs. Currently, Wardlow is favored at a minus 162 to win and retain over Hobbs at a plus 163 and Joe at a plus 350. In a fatal four-way match for the Ring of Honor World Championship, it's Chris Jericho defending against Daniel Garcia. No, why did I write Daniel Garcia there? Brian Danielson, Claudio Castagnoli, and Sammy Guevara. Uh, Jericho is currently favored at a minus 225 to win and retain over Danielson at a plus 300. Uh, Claudio Castagnoli at a plus 600 and Guevara at a plus 900. The AEW Interim Women's Championship on the line is Tony Storm defending against Jamie Hayter. Currently, Storm is favored at a minus 150 to win and retain over Hater at a plus 110. The AEW World Tag Team Championships on the line is the Acclaimed, defending against Swerve in our glory. Currently, the Acclaimed are massive favorites at a minus 1,000 to win and retain over Swerve in our glory at a plus 550. The AEW World Trios Championships on the line is the Death Triangle, defending against the returning Elite. 
Currently, the Elite are favored at a minus 275 to walk out the new champions over the Death Triangle at a plus 188. And finally, the main event, the AEW World Championship on the line. It's John Moxley defending against MJF. Currently, MJF is favored at a minus 450 to walk out the new champion over John Moxley at a plus 300. All of these betting odds do come from Skybet. And if we do see any changes to them over the next 24 hours or so, we will let you guys know. But with that, that's going to wrap everything up. That is all we got for you today. Remember, it's Friday. So tonight is Friday Night Smackdown. Four things have so far been announced. Roman Reigns is said to be on the show. Well, in the commercial that aired during Raw, they said Roman Reigns would be on the show. But when we go to WWE's website... Unless they've changed things. No. Roman is still not listed on the preview here. What is listed on the preview is Sami Zayn versus Butch in a World Cup tournament match. Ricochet versus Mustafa Ali also in a World Cup tournament match. And Shotzi taking on Shayna Baszler. These three things are officially announced for the show. They said in the commercial during the week that Roman would be on the show, so we'll see if Roman Reigns is actually on the show as well. But with that, that's going to wrap everything up. I do want to say thank you if you are watching live, twitch.tv forward slash Unlimited. I also want to say thank you if you're watching or listening later, whether that's youtube.com forward slash Pro Wrestling Unlimited or podcast services all around the globe like Stitcher. Spotify, Google Pod, Apple Pod, Anchor, iHeartRadio, and so much more. Remember, we will be back live tonight following Friday Night SmackDown. I'll have Rampage on, on the in the background in case something major gets announced or happens, but I'm not going to fully review Rampage, even though, you know, my first thing when Rampage first became a thing was I'll go home shows and live ones. I'll review them, but it's like go home shows and live ones have been shit. Rampage is a, a no-watch show most weeks. So, we'll be live talking SmackDown. Maybe a little Rampage, depending on if anything does happen. And then we'll be back live again tomorrow night for AEW Full Gear. So with that, guys, have a great rest of your Friday. Have a great weekend. I'll see you next time. Have a good one, guys.